Welcome back to another edition of Hipster Baseball Podcast, HBP number 109. I'm Dorian, and on today's podcast, we watch the Washington Nationals honor Ted Lerner, find Bryce Wilson pop up with the Milwaukee Brewers, and special guest Travis Persinger, account manager for the Florida operations of the Pittsburgh Pirates, talks about Dan Marino and a positive effect on baseball. But first... I'm going to talk to you about some beer. I don't always have to have beer, but you know, 99% of the time I'm, I'm, I'm having a beer on this podcast. This week I'm having something called Yuzu Madness. I don't speak Japanese. I'd love to, but I just love how in my mind it's an aggressive language. <laughs> this is Yuzu Madness. Y-U-Z-U. 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 It's a sour fruited beer from a good American local brewery called Black Flag Brewing Company in Columbia, Maryland. I'm going to have a drink. This yuzu is, it's citrusy. It's a, the yuzu is actually a fruit. I had never heard of it before I bought this beer. It's a citrus fruit, basically from East Asia. And I know I've mentioned this before. I'm really enjoying sour beers from now, from from recently. I usually never drank sour beers, but the fruited ones, I like. The s- sour and some zit- citrusy, lemony thingamajig it's good and you know the bottle of the yuzu madness is black and yellow black and yellow black and who was the the hip-hop artist that had that song from pittsburgh wiz khalifa i want to thank the hbp crack research bullpen wiz khalifa talked about the pittsburgh that song was about the pittsburgh steelers that's yeah that's, that's an old song now but black and yellow that's the same black and gold i would say the same colors as the pittsburgh pirates and I was thinking, who else loved the Pittsburgh Pirates? Dan Marino. Those of you who don't know Dan Marino, arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks in National Football League history. I absolutely love Dan Marino. We'll, 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 we'll talk about Dan Marino a little bit later, even though this is a baseball podcast. You know who else has pretty cool colors? Black and orange. The Baltimore Orioles. They're a really good team now. Well, I don't say really good team. They're a much better team. They are a really exciting team. That's really that's really what I wanted to say. And this brewery, Black Flag, is actually, I think it's like halfway between Washington, D.C. and Baltimore. And in Washington, what's our colors? Red and white. Washington, not one of the most exciting teams in Major League Baseball. Not even one of the better teams in Major League Baseball, but... This year, the Nationals, just about a few months ago, excuse me, the, the, the previous owner, well, because he passed away, Ted Lerner, he died. He passed away at the age of 97 from complications from pneumonia. And the Nationals are going to honor Ted Lerner by wearing a patch with his initials on their left sleeves all season long. What I found interesting about Ted Lerner, not how he, ma- he made his money. He did like commercial real estate, building condos and, and malls and all that stuff. As a kid, he used to watch the Washington Senators play at Griffith Stadium. I have absolutely no idea where that is. Obviously, it's not around anymore. He would pay about 25 cents to get to watch the Senators in the cheapest section of the stadium. 25 cents in today's money is $7.70. I don't think even like a standing room area will get you in for $7.70. I don't know what that says about today. It just means that. Baseball's making a lot more money <laughs> if you can't get into a see a baseball game for seven dollars and seventy nine cents. And I was like, who who in the world are the are, are the Senators now? They're actually the Minnesota Twins now. 
But we're not talking about the Twins. We're talking about the the Washington, nor the Senators. We're talking about the Washington Nationals. Ted Lerner made all his money. Then he's like, you know, I want to bring baseball back to the nation's capital, his hometown, his home city. He ended up buying the Montreal Expos. They became, they relocated to Washington, D.C. in 2005. Bought it for $450 million. It's still a lot of money. But now you probably can get, the Lerner family is going to sell the Washington Nationals. And they're probably going to sell it for, I'm, I'm thinking about $2 billion. Cheers to Ted Lerner in that baseball diamond in the sky. Because his team finally won the World Series back in 2019. But this year... Isn't, they're not doing so hot, even though obviously the season's one week old. <laughs> but I don't think things are going to get any better. They started out one win, six losses. To be fair with the Nationals, they started off with a pretty tough schedule. They started at home against the Atlanta Braves, and then they hosted the Tampa Bay Rays. Both those teams went to the playoffs last year. Both of those teams have played in the World Series in the past three years. Those are two really, really good teams. Now they're playing, this weekend they're playing the Colorado Rockies out in Denver. And then they're going to play the Los Angeles, what, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. What is such a ridiculous name. <laughs> like I said, this Nationals team doesn't have that good of an outlook for 2023. You know, you, the Nationals fans are going to have to live off of that 2019 World Series glow for a while. And speaking of black and yellow, or black and gold, black and yellow, the Pittsburgh Pirates... Brian Reynolds, he's already hit one, two, three, four home runs. The Washington Nationals, as a team, have hit two home runs. (laughs) There is a complete power outage in the nation's capital. The Nationals have scored 17 runs in seven games. That's second to last in all of Major League Baseball. Only the Marlins, the Miami Marlins, have scored less. And this is important. It's not just we need to restrict runs. There's been a bunch of rules changes, as you know, that encourage offense. Bigger back, bigger bases, so many new, so many, so much more stealing in this past week, which I absolutely love. We can get into that later on. And of course, the pitch clocked. It hasn't helped the Washington Nationals in the first week. I don't think it's going to get any better. I do think the Nationals are probably the worst team in, in the National League East. They're probably going to finish in last place in the National League East. But is there hope in the future? 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 I don't know. Maybe their shortstop, C.J. Abrams, he becomes a star with them. Maybe Joey Mences builds off of his breakout year, breakout rookie year from last year, and also becomes a consistent player, all-star, all-star caliber, all-star caliber player. And what about the future? Help is coming along in the Washington Nationals farm system, but it's still two or three years away. You're looking at James Wood. Right now, he's playing in high A in Wilmington for the Wilmington Blue Rocks. More help, Robert Hassel III, but he's in double A with the Harrisburg Senators. And then maybe even, fingers crossed, Elijah Green. But Elijah Green is all the way down in, I think, rookie ball or single A. Those are really talented potential players, but that's a long ways away. So if you're a Nationals fan... Take advantage of, I guess, the cheap tickets to go see. You're not going to be able to pay $7.70. Maybe in September when they're like 30 games out, like 30 games behind the New York Mets or the Atlanta Braves, you'll find some $7.70 tickets like Ted Ted Lerner did when he was a young man in the 1930s. Uh, If there's Nationals fans, like I said, take advantage of the cheap tickets. 
And if you're not a Nationals fan, you're living in the Washington, D.C. area, take advantage of the cheap tickets and go see your team when they go when they when they're in town to play. I'm going to take advantage of having another drink. As always, you can see what I'm actually drinking and not just listen to listen to what the heck I'm talking about. You can follow our Instagram or our Twitter account if you want. If you don't, no big deal. But you know what's a big deal? When I'm watching baseball, whether it's a game or highlights of other games, and I see someone and I'm like, oh my God, what happened to that dude? And that's that's what I love talking about them. Like the, They're like Harry Houdini. They just come out of nowhere. There's that guy that I used to watch. This week, I'm going to quickly highlight Bryce Wilson, who's a, who was pitching or is a pitcher now with the Milwaukee Brewers. He pitched just a few days ago against the New York Mets when they beat the brakes off of the New York Mets. The Brewers did. I think they shut him out two days in a row. <laughs> Pretty embarrassing for one of the World Series contenders. But again, it's early in the year. So he pitched on uh, April the 3rd against the New York Mets at home in Milwaukee. I know Bryce Wilson because he used to pitch. He used to be a prospect with the Atlanta Braves. And then he got sent to the black and yellow, black and yellow to the Pittsburgh Pirates last year. The Pirates were like, you're useful, but... We need to make space on the roster. And they designated for assignment to go back to the minors. And he's like, no, the Brewers stepped in and said, you know what? We like his potential. We'll sign him back in January, what, three months ago. And all the best to Bryce Wilson. I always love hearing about former Atlanta Braves players. Yeah, that Brewers pitching staff is pretty good, pretty good. So I I thoroughly expect the Brewers to go back to the playoffs and maybe even beat the St. Louis Cardinals to win the National League Central Division because right now one week into the one week into the baseball season the Milwaukee Brewers are in first place. We'll see how long they can keep that up. And before I have another drink, I know you're wondering. This week's show is brought to you by Pacific Telesis Group. Telesis. The dictionary defines it as progress intelligently planned. This is the story of Telesis. The cutting of a canal through the desert of Suez was thought to be impossible in the 19th century. Pacific Telesis salutes that kind of special progress, guided by those who envisioned to see not just what can be done, but what ought to be done. The Pacific Telesis Group is committed to progress, intelligently planned. That's why Telesis is an important part of our name. Thank you to Pacific Telesis Group while I have a drink, while I think about the Pittsburgh Pirates, while I think about minor league baseball with the Washington Nationals, while I think about Dan Marino. And you know who else likes Dan Marino? This week's special guest is Travis Persinger, who is the account manager for the group and hospitality Florida operation for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Travis, welcome to Hipster Baseball Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Super excited. As uh, soon as you asked me to come on, made sure to go through some of your other uh, podcasts and listen to some of the other ones to to make sure that I wanted to even be on this. So um, I'm I'm super pumped, man. I don't blame you. Always do your due diligence. Believe me, that's that's, that's what we do all, all for our job. So I'm happy that's that it. I'm happy I passed the quality control and the quality assurance process. Absolutely, for you. absolutely. <laughs> Number Low one standards. So, but it's all good. It's, I. <laughs> Number one, I'm going to ask you, what in the world does an account manager do for a baseball team? Yeah, so um, for me, it's a great it's a great gig. Um, it's that dirty word of sales and salesmen. So I, I stay away from that. Um, but basically what I do is with the Florida operations down here, we just wrapped up 
uh, our season with the Pittsburgh Pirates in spring training at Lecom Park in Bradenton. Um, and now we've got about a 10-day window, and then we will start filling up the ballpark for the Pittsburgh Pirates single-A affiliate, the Bradenton Marauders. So that is their low-A affiliate where we get a lot of the draft pick guys, a lot of the guys coming from the Dominican um, and the rookie league. They'll just kind of get their first real, real taste of full-season ball with us. I do want to let everyone know, I've actually been, and I want to let everyone, and also you, Travis, I've been to Lecombe, Lecombe Park. I, I, I went, this was before the pandemic. It was uh, an Atlanta Braves-Pittsburgh Pirates spring training game. Okay. And you guys have a fantastic stadium. It's right off of, it's not, I don't want to say a highway, but it's off of a major road. But once yep. you get inside, it you guys did a really good job of incorporating, I think, some of what the the the, the big league club has up in Pittsburgh. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that park. And I gone to a lot of minor league t- games in the, let's say, the Tampa Bay West Coast area, the the, the Clearwater Threshers with the Philadelphia Phillies, the Tampa yep. uh, Tarpons with the Yankees, the Dunedin Blue Jays, whatever. You guys have the best, I think, stadium in the – West coast of Florida. I, I really believe it. And uh, I believed it before I ever got a paycheck from the pirates. Uh, you know, we're actually a hundred years old, a uh, hundred years of baseball great in this year is what we're celebrating. Uh, you know, I don't know how much research you've done on Lecom park and not trying to hijack the uh, podcast. Cause I know we got a lot of questions, but um, you know, the ballpark is phenomenal. We are the third oldest ballpark in the country that still houses uh, major league teams. Wow. And I'm sure I would imagine you could probably guess the other two. Um, uh, no, actually I can't. Wrigley. Oh, you're talking. Oh, I thought you were talking about like, like spring training. Okay. Oh no, no, no. So uh, Wrigley and obviously up there at Fenway and yeah. we are number three in the entire country uh, still houses major league teams. Really? Um, wow. So we have, we just love our ballpark. We really do think it's a jewel. And like you said, I mean, it, it's a great spot to watch a game, even if you're not a baseball fan. And that's what I tell people all the time is uh, even if you're not a fan of baseball um, for years and years, when I would come and visit the area, I would go and I would take people with me and some of them love baseball and some of them didn't. And they still love the ambience of the park. Cause there's just something special about what's going on at, at that ballpark. Yeah. I, and on this podcast, I always, obviously this, I'm more focused on major league baseball, but I love, I, but it doesn't, for me, it doesn't matter. Like I love just organized baseball, whether it's minor leagues, major league baseball, college baseball. I always encourage people to go watch good quality baseball. And that, that again, not to not to not to uh, belabor the point, but that's a great stadium and also great atmosphere. And you're talking about bringing people along and how much they love just being at the stadium. If they aren't big baseball fanatics, where right. did your love or what was your first experience with baseball? Yeah, so um, grew up a Pirates fan. Uh, grew up outside of Pittsburgh, just a couple hours south of there. Uh, spent a little bit of time in my childhood living in Pittsburgh, living in Oakland. So. Um, you know, been able, always had that connection. You know, my dad taught me growing up young, you know, we are black and gold family. So uh, that's just how I was raised. And, you know, the the people sometimes, you know, they laugh and they make fun of you and things like that when uh, some of the recent history of the pirates. But, um, you know, the one thing that that is awesome about being a, a fan first before ever being employed by them is uh, when, when we started getting good and we started becoming relevant, I know for a fact that as a fan, I embraced it and loved it more 
than any Yankee fan, any Red Sox fan, anybody else out there, because I was so passionate. Um, because if you're if you were passionate when the Clippers were so bad and the Clippers became relevant, it meant something special. And because I had so many great memories uh, with friends driving up to PNC Park, uh, you know, with my daddy uh, driving up to PNC Park and watching games with my mom, um, those are family memories. And I think that's the one thing Pittsburgh as just a city in itself does is you really become. Uh, like a family sort of atmosphere every time you go because there's not another city in the whole country to where all the major sports uh, share the same colors. And I think, again, that's just a testament uh, to who we are in Pittsburgh and, uh, and, and, it, and it drips down here into Brainton as well. I mean, we are truly the Southern home of the Pirates and that same passion that you get in Pittsburgh, um, you get that from that same area code right down here. And, and you and actually I'm not a, now I don't follow hockey, but you were saying about how all the major sports team in Pittsburgh, the the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. I used to be a Penguins fan back when Yarmir Yager and Mario Lemieux were winning Old Stanley school. Cups. Yeah. So that, but, but now I know Sidney Crosby. He's been he's they've won a bunch of Stanley Cups, but now they're on the downturn or whatever. But anyways, you mentioned the neighborhood of Oakland. Yeah. And you obviously. Travis is the most famous person to come out of Oakland, but the second most famous to come out of Oakland, Dan Marino, My legendary man. quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. Central Catholic. I am a huge Miami Dolphins fan, huge Dan Marino. Tell me about the Dolphins, the, the University of Pittsburgh and Dan Marino yeah. and how, how why Dan Marino is your favorite athlete. Yeah, um, you know, because when you look at the guy, you see where he came from, you see where he grew up. Um, you know, my, my dad taught me early on, you know, he's a Pittsburgher, you know, and that's the guy. So uh, even though my dad, uh, you know, he's still a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, uh, my fandom of Dan Marino uh, took me to always just becoming a huge Miami Dolphins fan. And so uh, anytime the Dolphins were on, uh, my dad would make sure that we were watching Dan Marino and, and watching him sling the ball around. And, uh, you know, I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, I think he's the most talented. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, I mean, there's other guys that have the rings and, you know, some of those no name guys that just retired that we don't need to talk about. But uh, when you're just talking about pure skill set and the things that that man could do, and if he was playing by the same rules that they're playing by today, all of those records would be his. All of them. You 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 took the words right out of my mouth. I know this is a baseball podcast, but talking about Dan Marino and, and the modern day NFL, if if Dan Marino had been born in 19, I think he was born in 1961, I think. But if he had been born in 1981 and still playing today, it would yep. be it, it wouldn't be fair. What yep. that man did in the 80s when people were getting their head knocked, knocked out, the receivers getting yep. knocked out. And he's like, oh, it's a, it's a hard hit. But yeah, yep. I, I, I love Marino. And by the way, I don't know if you've seen this, but it's this is on social media that. Uh, this is, I think it was both, it was uh, the training camp of 1985 or the, before the 1986 season that Dan Marino has that 1970s Pirates hat on when the Pirates obviously were winning. They won uh, two World Series within the space of about 10 years or whatever. He, he wore, I don't know if you've seen it. If not, I'll send it to you. But yeah. Yeah, I, I, please do. Please do. I got to see that. He's amazing. But beyond the fact that you were a super Pittsburgher and you work currently with the Pirates organization. Yep. You have you still have other deep roots in baseball because you used to work at the corporate office in New York. Tell us about that experience and how that translates or that helped you do 
what you do today with with an individual club, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. So um, so what I did was uh, my home base was actually Lecom Park, uh, which is how I got hooked up here was uh, meeting a bunch of the different guys and stuff. So uh, last year I was very, very fortunate. Um, always had this itch that I wanted to work in baseball and um, this thing that's coming out that some people cannot stand is the automatic ball and strike system, the robo ump as they call it uh, out there. And I had an amazing opportunity to uh, really be on the ground level of all of the research and a lot of things going on this past uh, last season in the FSL with um, doing all of the robo ump stuff, uh, working with the ABS system, working with the guys there, um, covering a, a ton of different games, uh, being able to call balls and strikes, seeing what worked, what didn't work with the challenge system, uh, being able to do these awesome reports, which I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. So um, that stuff to me, I had a blast. Uh, you know, get to the park two or three hours early, stay there the whole game, uh, write these reports that at the end of every night, my boss are telling me, you know, your reports don't have to be four pages long. You know, you can just, you know, you can just write what it is. Uh, but that, it was an amazing thing. And, and I think, you know, um, as we were talking or as we were uh, emailing back and forth and, you know, the, the biggest difference between uh, working for the corporate office and working for any club is the fact that when you're working uh, with MLB, there's something about it that you just feel like you're making a change. You're making a change for the whole game uh, compared to when you're working for the organization, you know, whether you're uh, uh, Ben Sherrington and you're the general manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates um, or, you know, you are Derek Shelton and you're the manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, you're making amazing calls and decisions that affect the organization in terms of what happens on the field. Um, but when you're doing things like the ABS and you're working for MLB as a whole, it's pretty special. It's pretty special because you know you're doing something. And when you take pride in it and you don't just go through the actions and go through the motions, you know you're making a difference. And so that was the really cool differences between that and working for a certain organization is the fact that you know what you're doing at that moment is it's going to have hopefully uh, positive lasting effects moving forward. And uh, I believe that, you know, our president, uh, Rob Manfred, I believe that that's, you know, it, it is going to be a positive effect. And, um, you know, I know that, you know, there's people that feel different ways about the ABS and about the pitch clock and things like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to know that, you know, uh, I played very, 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 very small, but to know that, you know, I was on that ground level, it, it's a cool thing. You talked about making a change. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to that. And I'm a big fan of, like I said, of all organized baseball when you're, and you're, and when you go to the Florida league and you go to the minor league stadiums in Bradenton, in yep. Dunedin, in Clearwater, in Lakeland, yep. in Port St. Lucie, it rains a lot in Florida. It does. How can we adjust some of these minor league start times or whatever? So they don't get, they all get rained because we had zero, a, you know what? Bradenton had zero rainouts last so, year. So you guys had a thousand Pittsburgh Pirates umbrellas over the stadium. Zero rainouts. How is that possible? Zero Every, everyone else has like a million rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's funny how that works. You know, it really is. Um, you know, we were very fortunate this year as well with spring training. Um, you know, we had a Saturday where it was a big, it was a big Saturday for us. It was actually St. Patty's weekend. 
And we kept looking at the forecast and it literally said 80% chance on Monday and Tuesday. And my heart just sunk because uh, I had some huge hospitality groups that, that coming in that weekend from out of state. And um, actually, uh, one of them was a guy named Gus Nimick. Uh, Gus Nimick is 92 years old and his grandfather was one of the founders of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And so he is like one of the last remaining um, like direct descendants of the original ownership group of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And uh, Mr. Nimick came out and he threw the first pitch. And uh, it, it was so special uh, to, again, small part, uh, to play a, such a small role in, in putting that event together. And he had went to Princeton and so there's a bunch of different uh, representatives from Princeton that came that he had even went to school with and other people that were just alums that knew of Mr. Nimick and wanted to show up. Uh, but I'm, I know I'm going off on a tangent, uh, but I, I have so many great stories. Um, and that was just one that that weekend I just kept biting my nails and then the day went off without a hitch, you know, not a drop of rain. So, uh, yeah, I don't think there's ever going to be an answer. You know, everything that's good with Florida and every blessing that comes from it, uh, you're always going to have that chance of rain because, uh, you know, it's going to rain in paradise. Yeah. So you just yeah. got to be ready. Maybe we need to start games at 1 a.m. and that way it'll never rain. No, I'm joking. Let's not do that. I'm a night owl, so no. we can do it. We can do it. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Pirates have a lot of young talent who are, who are already in the majors. Yeah. Tr focusing a little bit on the Bradenton Marauders, who is who are a couple of the, the players you guys have drafted or who have come up from rookie ball that you guys are a little or you personally are excited about? Um, that you're going to able to see before they get bumped up to double A and so forth. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as a fan, because uh, I can't really talk about this year's team because we still don't know. But I know, you know, we brought up uh, Tamar Johnson last year. You know, we drafted him fourth overall. He was our number one pick, um, you know, and, and we had him last year. And just being able to just see um, how a young man uh, just goes about his business and to just see his adjustment so quick uh, to the pro game was uh that was really special to see, and that was really cool. And then um, another uh, not-so-so young man, uh, Jacob Gonzalez. Uh, Jacob Gonzalez had uh, been with the San Francisco Giants, and then actually when I was working for MLB last year, the Pirates had picked up uh, Jacob. Uh, Jacob was playing first base for the Pirates. He got promoted to high A in Greensboro um, after he got on a really hot streak. I really enjoyed watching him at first base. Jacob Gonzalez, I don't know if you've ever heard that name, but I know you know who his father would be a famous Gonzalez during Ooh. the home run days. Julio? No. Luis Gonzalez. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. The man that will always famously finish third in the home run contest uh, with Sammy and Mark. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's it's just uh, – it's fun. It's fun. It'll be fun this year to see, you know, we have the number one overall pick. Uh, so it'll be fun to see uh, if we get him as well. You know, last year I got to watch Bubba Chandler pitch. Uh, Bubba Chandler was a was a really awesome guy. Just the energy and the passion that he had. Uh, again, whether you knew anything about baseball or not, when you would watch Bubba Chandler pitch or hit last year, it was awesome because he just played with energy and passion. And uh, I know that we are. Uh, I know that I'm part of this podcast, which focuses more on major league. But the one thing that's really cool about minor league is um, that passion and that energy that I think we saw. If you watched even one ounce of the WBC, man, I I absolutely my language. adore that stuff. I I love it. It is right up my vein, right up my alley of everything I would love baseball to be.
I, I I don't know I don't know about you, but I actually went to two of the W World Baseball Classic games in Miami for, I'm pool, for a group of that that the well they, they don't call it group the pool of death you know Dominican Republic yeah Venezuela Puerto Rico Nicaragua and Israel yep. and it was amazing. I went yeah. to two games. I went to Nicaragua versus Puerto Rico, and then I went to Nicaragua versus Israel. And the Nicaragua versus Israel, I actually managed to bring along. Like you were saying, like you bring when you go to Marauders game or spring yeah. training for the Pirates, you bring people who don't necessarily love baseball. Right. As I, I managed to bring four of my friends. They're not even baseball fans. In the middle of the game, they're like, "This is fun." Yeah. And you're, and then as again as a, I'm, I'm, I, you obviously are working in baseball, and I'm just a, a lover. Of, I love baseball. It's like, how do we translate this? to make this more exciting because that energy from the WB from the WBC is, is more of, I think it's more organic because a lot of times in some of the stadiums, it's like, it's, I don't want to say it's artificial. It's more of like pushing you, you as a fan, you know, whether it's a DJ, it's music, you have the cheerleaders right. or the cheer men. I, I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble yeah. here, but it, and versus the WBC, you didn't need that. Everyone right. was just like out of their mind, and it was yeah. an amazing experience. And I, I, and I, I, yeah. Next year, take the drive down or do the fifteen minute flight from Tampa to Miami. And that next absolutely. year, absolutely in twenty twenty six. Yep, it is so worth it. It is yeah, absolutely bonkers. Yeah, so I, yeah. I love. I remember watching the twenty seventeen World Baseball Classic and just watching it on television. And I, and I tell old myself, the next time this comes around, I'm going to be there. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah, I uh, so. Just to kind of piggyback off that, uh, I told you I could talk, so you can edit all this stuff out. So one thing that I wanted to do to try to bring just a little bit of that, um, I worked with our staff here in Pitts and uh, with our Florida operations, and we started a series called Arts in the Park. Uh, and so what I've done is a uh, prime example is next week on opening weekend, I have a drum line coming to perform. Um, I have a whole bunch of different high school uh, bands and drum lines coming to perform during the game. In between innings, um, they're going to be able to sit in the bleachers. A lot of them are going to do it as fundraisers as well. So they're going to be bringing a lot of their family and friends to see them perform. And so, um, you know, when I met with my general manager, I said, hey, I got this wild idea. And I said, I want to try to bring and try to create our own little taste and just see, you know, can, what can we do, you know, within the within the mainframe of staying, you know, within the customs of baseball here in America and stuff. And um, it's taken off like wildfire. You know, we have 18 different groups that are come be coming this year. Some are just going to sing uh, pregame. We're going to have performances. Uh, like I said, I'm just so excited because I really do think the only thing that's holding us back from being that type of uh, society here in America when it comes to baseball it's just we're afraid to just let go of the past a little bit. And I feel that we can honor the past, um, but at the same time, we can embrace, you know, what can we do to bring new people on board? And um, even somebody like me that's been a lover of baseball for a long time, I can embrace energy and I can embrace passion. I, I agree with you. And one thing about I, I've always thought is, and I'm glad you were talking about the, uh, the row. I think earlier you talked about the robo umpire. Yeah. And obviously all these changes and, Really, I think of it as a good thing because yeah, we can't just sit here and say baseball has no clock. Like it's just right. infinite. But right. at the same time, we don't live in a in, a, in an agrarian society anymore. I, I you know, I, I'm I love watching baseball, but at the same time, if you're asking me to dedicate six nights out of the week 
and, right. and block off three, three and a half hours, that's a little too much. Like I love baseball as much as the next guy, but and so I'm like, it's if you're gonna push it towards two hours and 45 minutes, right? That's a lot, it's a lot easier because again, the reason why the National Football League, Dan Marino, Pittsburgh Steelers, Miami Dolphins yep. are the where Major League Baseball uh, strives to be, they're the 800 right. pound gorilla. Can I give up three hours one once once one time a week? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I'm all for the changes to make to just have it more action. I don't. I, yeah, speeding up is the wrong word. It's just more action. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I mean, I'm a fan of it because I'm a fan of uh, let's go, go, go. Um, I coached basketball for a long time, uh, both in college and high school, and so uh, it's just it's in me, it's in my blood that I want to go, go, go. Just like I would be that guy that would want to press the whole game too in basketball. So for me. Uh, it's second nature to just say, hey, let's let's do the same thing in baseball. So um, I understand, you know, there's going to be hiccups um, and I understand people are always going to disagree. But um, the moment that people stop disagreeing, um, that's when people need to start worrying about our game, because uh, that's when it just doesn't matter that much anymore. So um, I'm all for a little bit of people going back and forth and, and things like that because they, they love the game and they care about it, you know, and it's just like a, it's just like a great relationship. You know, if there's, if you guys never fight, there's probably something wrong. So um, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with where we are as a, as a group of fans in baseball. And, and I like it. I love the conversation. I have a conversation 10 times a day. I, I agree. I agree with you. And I like your enthusiasm. We talked about going to, Major League Baseball stadiums, talking about minor league baseball stadiums and World Baseball Classic that happens every well, it's supposed to happen every three years. Yeah. I've been fortunate enough, I think, like most fans that go to continuously go to baseball games, like you've gone as a group or yep. you've, you know, you've managed to go to with some other people to get in a suite. Yep. You know, as someone who works in hospitality, what would us doing help make your job more efficient? And I ask this because I'm all about being efficient. And I, I, this is just something that I've always thought is like, I know that, you know, you want to be taken care of. You want a great service when you go in, whether you don't want super long vendor lines, or if you're in a suite, you want the beer there and you want the trash yeah. taken out. But however, let's put a mirror in front of us who are able to go to suites or go into groups when, we, when we're buying 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 tickets. How can we act better to make your job easier? You know what? I'm going to tell you this answer. Uh, and it's going to be an answer that, you know, they may not, since it's a podcast, they may not see you roll your eyes, but it's, it's the honest to God truth. I want all of my fans because I don't have customers. Customers are one and done. I don't want a customer. I want a fan. Whether you become a fan of Lecom Park or whether you're a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates or Bradenton Marauders, a uh, fan stays with you for life. Um, a customer is one and done. So when I have my fans, I tell them, hey, look, this is your night. I don't want you to wake up the next morning and say, I wish I would have asked, or I wish we could have done this, or I wish my son could have been on the field. I wish we could have taken a group photo. I wish, I wish, I wish. So what I tell people all the time, soon as I start my process and, um, you know, they, they find the value that they want and what they, what they want their night to be. I say, what do you want? And I say, tell me, literally tell me what you want, because uh, I've been on the job seven months here with the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. And I've went to my bosses with more crazy and wild ideas um, than anybody else ever has in the seat that I sit in. Uh, they tell me I'm the most unorthodox hire they've ever made. And then they laugh and joke about it. Uh, and, and that's a good thing for them. So um, 
I'm doing good by them and I'm bringing them uh, business. And then at the same time, I'm, I'm working to open doors with people that they don't have to be fans of baseball to come here and have a great time. So uh, when you ask, what can these people do? Tell me what you want. Um, don't, don't hesitate, you know, don't hesitate to think any idea is too wild because maybe I'll have to tame it down from a 10 to an eight, but that eight is still going to be uh, a hell of a lot better than a zero because you didn't even get to do it. And, and I think um, that's a big, that's a really big thing, man, is it, it's an experience. And that's really what I want to create. When, when you have a place to me, that's as special as Lecom Park, uh, a place that baseball has been there for a hundred years. And you think of guys like Mickey Mantle and Lou Gehrig that have come through our park, uh, Andrew McCutcheon's home again. And we just got to see him step on our field of, to my mind, a first ballot hall of famer living, breathing, still playing. I want people to come to the park and not just see players, but I want them to have an amazing experience. So to me, tell me what you want. And then let's try to make that magic happen because I can probably do something either exactly what you want or pretty close and not get fired. I like how you said that about earlier, just before you started, you were talking about, you know, having, being in fight, not yeah, fighting. And then, and basically what I got from this last part, when you're telling about like us with the, you know, people who work with the, the ball club is communication, which yeah. is the key yeah. to all relationships. And yeah. of course, I, I don't consider myself uh, like you had, he's a customer. It's a fan. Like I'm going to go yeah. back and I'm going to yeah. go, not just go to, Lecom Park. I'm going to go to where the Dunedin Blue Jays play, where Absolutely. you know the, the the city field and et cetera. I do want to say I love and people, please go to minor league, minor league baseball. I love the energy and I love how the camaraderie because everyone's wearing so many different hats. I'm yeah. going to give you an example. I was I went to the double A, I think the championship last year, the double A championship between the Charleston River Dogs and the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. I okay. went to go. I got my uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called like the, the, the baseball bat. It's the beer bat. I don't know okay, if yeah, I have heard of that. Yeah, they sell it at the Myrtle Beach with the Myrtle Beach Pelican Stadium, which I forget what the, the name right now. Anyways, long story short, I go. Wait, I did ordered, you put that on your Instagram? Yeah, yeah. I told you I researched. Okay. Do, I do knew I see that. I like it. Yes. I went, I ordered that. And, and I guess it was like a mom and daughter team. Like the mom obviously poured the beer and then the daughter was making the, the, I don't know. That's like the chili dog that I ordered three innings later. I saw the same little girl running onto the field, like dressed up as a mascot. And I was like, that's this awesome. is, I thought it was really funny. I'm like, I loved that. Every it's, it's everyone put the shoulder to the rock and we're going forward. I love that about minor league teams. Cause you can see it. Versus, I think in a major league uh, stadium and team, you can't really see it, but in the minor league, you can definitely see some of the the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. Hey, today our whole crew, uh, our general manager, uh, our assistant general manager, they're the account managers, uh, our broadcaster, everybody under the sun was out there shagging balls for a uh, season ticket holder batting practice today at our ballpark. Um, so you talk about wearing a thousand different hats. Uh, right there is just another example. You know, when it's time to pull tarp, we're all going out there to pull tarp for minor league season this year. So um, I love it. it. It really is a great experience just from the opportunity. Not it's a great experience from the aspect of being able to um, if you want a job in baseball. And I know it's like an old adage that people talk about, you know, if you want the job in baseball, minor league is a great way to start because you're going to wear so many hats and see so many different things. But 
it's really true, you know, and I know sometimes we get those old adages that aren't true, but um, that's the truth, you know, and, and when you're a real team and you have that real cohesion in that group, um, you can make some pretty special things happen because titles go out the window. When the, after the first pitch is thrown, there's no title. Let's get the job done for the game. Oh, but wait, Travis, because I'm going to give you a new title and a new hat. I'm crowning okay. you as the new czar of all minor league. Tell us something that you would change about the minor league, the way it's played, the way the system, whatever. One or two things that you would like to change as the new czar of all minor league. Oh, wow. One or two things. Um, can we go back to a regular baseball after nine innings? Is that allowed? Can we do that again? You're the, you, you're uh, the czar. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. I'm going back. You know, uh, I'm going back. You know, um, we do talk about having a lot of changes and I'm all for a lot of changes. Uh, but if we're going to go ahead and do the stuff, you know, with the pitch clock and and make the game faster already, I I I hate that. You know, I feel like that's something that, you know, um, I can do in the backyard uh, with my stepdaughter. And, you know, if we want the game to go quicker, uh, we can, you know, put her on second base or do whatever. But when you're talking about guys that have just busted it for nine innings, two and a half hours you know, two hours now, maybe regardless, but they've went nine innings playing by the same rules. Um, that's the only part that I just feel is just a little eh. Um, cause I really do like a lot of the changes. Um, but I, I hate the fact that we changed the game in the 10th inning. You know, I, I feel like Don, it's just kind of like cheating it, you know, the czar's word is law. So we'll do it. No more runner on second base. In and thirsty league. Thursdays everywhere. One dollar hot dogs. It's it's a requirement. Single A it. to triple A. One dollar hot dogs. Two dollar beers. I want I, I want to be a minister in your uh, regime, sir. I and love it. I love it. My last question I like to ask all our guests is: I like Bradenton. I've been there a bunch of times. It's tucked right in between Sarasota and St. Pete, Tampa, whatever. What's a good local place that you like to go to for food, a drink, or coffee uh, in in the Bradenton, Florida yeah. area? Oh, Bricks. Uh, there's a great little spot downtown Bradenton called Oh Bricks. Uh, love it. it. It's right there in the middle of everything. Um, great food. Oh, uh, like, always great. Like Irish, like O oh, apostrophe yeah. Bricks. Yep. Yep. I yep. So they got one I'm... side of the uh, one side is just like a sit down restaurant. And then they have a whole other side there that is a nice little bar area. And uh, then they got some other tables and stuff there as well. But um, O Bricks is an amazing spot. Uh, to hit up. So I'm gonna check I, it out. I tell people that all the time, man, you want to go to O'Bricks and check it out. The food's great. You know, they got a really nice looking bar in there as well. But uh, yeah, I'm a big O'Bricks fan whenever I need to stay in Bradenton and just kind of have a nice meal for a night without, you know, breaking the bank. I'll definitely, I'm going to def definitely check that out when I go see the Marauders game against someone else. And it's not going to be rained out. No, it won't. And, I and you're going to get comp tickets. I got you. <laughs> okay. I got you. I appreciate it, Travis. So I want to be respectful of your time, and I want to thank you for joining us. I really enjoyed this conversation. This week, Travis Persinger joined us. And Travis, if you want to take us away to, you know, where, where the Marauders play, social media, what have you. Yeah, so um, really, I'm sure you get it every single time. But, you know, uh, we really do have a great group that uh, handles all of our social media and stuff. You know, look us up, Brainton Marauders. Uh, we're on Instagram. Uh, you know, I'm on Instagram, finally decided in my old age, it was time to start that up. So um, trying to do that as well uh, under the name Travis Persinger there. Uh, not too many Persingers in the world, so I'm pretty easy to find. Um, but yeah, 
would absolutely love, and I mean that, you know, we really do have a special ballpark. Uh, there's not too many places that are like us in the whole country. And um, so I would highly, highly encourage um, Travis.Persinger at Pirates.com. If anybody's ever in the area down here, any kind of group that you want to bring, it's a great spot to bring kids to a game. We're able to do some really fun things because it is minor league baseball and get kids on the field to be with the players and all that. So it would be a pleasure and my honor. That is my home. That's my backyard. So I love it. I want to thank Travis Persinger for joining us this week. And I also want to welcome some new listeners from a place called Warrior. I have absolutely no idea where this is. I, I know it's in the U.S. Maybe it's in Alabama. Maybe it's from parts unknown for, for you old WWF fans, the ultimate warrior. <laughs> A new listener from Tame, England. Someone from New Bern. New Bern? New Bern? I don't know. North Carolina. Laois, Ireland. L-A-O-I-S. Who knows? Bar, Switzerland. Bayar, Switzerland. Milford, New Hampshire. Milford, Delaware, maybe both, who knows, and Dallas, Texas. Thanks for listening. Let's get together next week for a brand new episode of HBP, Hipster Baseball Podcast. Bye.